Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin here, our number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. I have an honest question, a straightforward question to ask you. When you watch these Sunday shows, those who do, when you read radical left propaganda sites like Mediaite or Media Matters, or when you listen to these propagandists dressed up as tenured professors and so forth. Do you ever ask yourself, do they give a damn about humanity? Individual human beings? We have a crime wave going on in this country that is unprecedented. We have a crime wave going on in this country that has been created by the Democrat Party and its Marxist adherents in various institutions in this country. What we are seeing is a vast degree of inhumanity. Mostly, not exclusively, black on black. We're seeing it in virtually every major city in America. Every one of them run by Democrats with Democrat city councils. Do they not care about the people they represent? Is this the biggest issue of race that we have in this country? Sure it is. We have Democrats of every race taking advantage of minorities, using propaganda to try and keep them under control, lying about police to try and keep them under control, Sending out checks hand over fist to try and keep them under control. But they are creating horrendous conditions 
especially for minorities and especially for African Americans in this country. Now, you can call these policies whatever you want to. The consequences are obvious. So we've spent over 12 months talking about white cops targeting black suspects. And in the meantime, hundreds and hundreds of innocent black people have been murdered by gangsters of the same race. We have phony scholars and intellectuals like Ibram Kendi, and he's just one, promoting white racism and white domination. He's making millions and millions and millions of dollars on speaking tours, on seminars, on book sales, while communities are blowing up. We have propagandist demagogues like Joy Reid, a bigot, a bigot that's been documented on social media, and a liar who tries to cover up for them. We now literally have the Democrat Party and the media, including Chris Wallace, including Chuck Todd, the conga line of the Sunday shows, suggesting or regurgitating Democrat talking points that because the Republicans didn't vote for another couple of trillions of dollars in massive debt, that these communities could have used that money to strengthen their police forces. But as I pointed out yesterday, that's a lie. These communities were cutting the funding that they already had for these police forces. It wasn't a matter of not having enough funds. It was a matter of a radical reimagining agenda in which they destroyed their own police forces. That's the problem. The inhumanity of this. And then bizarrely, and there's a lot of reasons for this, but bizarrely, in these communities, when they go to vote, they vote for the same party. They'll never vote Republican. Why? Because decade after decade, generation after generation, they have been told that the Republicans are the racists. That the Republicans will put them back in chains. That was Biden's brilliant point. That Republicans are the enemy. That Republicans believe in segregation and Jim Crow and on and on and on. There's no competition of ideas. None. With one party rule. One party iron fisted rule. And now we get propaganda in our universities. Propaganda in our government schools. Elementary, middle and high schools. Propaganda over the TV screens and on radio. Because so many of the leaders of these various communities have sold out to the Democrat Party. Sold out to the Democrat Party. Remember what I said. White, black, or in between. Power is what they care about. Power, baby. Power. And their power is to point in directions that don't matter. No school choice in the inner cities. Why is that? Because the Democrats block it, including Democrat school boards, Democrat city councils, Democrat mayors. Barack Obama doesn't believe in school choice, and he's walking around like he's uh, Mahatma Gandhi. 
And what else? When you have people like LeBron James and Oprah Winfrey who say the things they say, billionaires, and distract people from focusing on the right issues, the right subjects, so that their communities can be improved, so their lives can be improved. Supporting the Democrat Party system, model, that's in place in these cities. Because they feel self-righteous, and they're, and they're celebrated for it. It is a damn sin. It's a damn shame. Rather than shake up the political class in Minneapolis, in New York, in Philadelphia, in Los Angeles, and on and on and on, Atlanta. They strengthen them. Meanwhile, people are dying. Little kids, innocent people are dying. Joe Biden has a plan. Go after the gun dealers. Is that where the gang members are getting their guns? They're filling out federal paperwork for background checks with the gun dealers? You've got to be kidding me. The borders are wide open. Not only do illegal aliens come into the border, into this country, the border's wide open. But guns, illegal guns come in. Did Joe Biden talk about that? Not once. The drugs that are killing young people in the inner cities and the suburbs, pouring into our country. Does Joe Biden seem to give a damn? Not in the least. Nowhere to be seen, missing in action. His answer is, well, let's run some money through the federal bureaucracy. Are you kidding me? That's going to address gangs? They don't even talk about it. They won't even talk about it. Everything this nut job touches turns to crap. Everything. The Democrat Party unleashed this massive crime wave. It wasn't needed. It was unnecessary. You go after the cops... You slash their budget, you redirect their skills and their training based on a lie, a damnable lie that police forces across this country are targeting minorities. It is a statistical lie. It is a scientific, factual lie. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. When you have Sunday hosts, supposedly news people, when you bring in guests, One radical kook propagandist after another. When you celebrate AOC, when you celebrate this guy, Ibram Kendi, when Joyce Reed is given a primetime slot despite her bigotry and her incoherence, it's reinforced. It's reinforced. This affects real human beings, real lives. Mothers and fathers who can't even sit on the stoop in their row homes in the city like we used to do. Children who might get killed going to school. A parent and and his baby daughter shot up going to a fast food restaurant. Two young people, Puerto Ricans, pulled out of their car by a black guy, executed right on the ground because of a fender bender. The Democrat Party is incapable of addressing crime. It is incapable of protecting the citizens of this country, particularly the citizens that vote for them. They are incapable of it. They use these people. 
They abuse these people to get votes. There's a reason why Malcolm X, and I don't often quote him, and I'll paraphrase him, said it's the Democrats that I fear the most. Because they pretend to support us. And they don't. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The police chief in in Oakland, uh, California, is just beyond himself. He's so furious with what's going on. LaRon Armstrong, a minority black. The uh, Oakland city government has slashed his budget. Slashed his budget. Despite the 90% increase in murder. Cut 12, go. We'll start off today by saying uh, that I'm challenged by uh, the decisions that were made on Thursday around uh, the budget for the city of Oakland, particularly for the Oakland Police Department. But today we find ourselves in a crisis. We find ourselves reeling from a weekend of violence where we've seen four homicides over a three-day period. It now has us currently at 65 homicides for the year. It's a 90% increase compared to last year. Our shootings are up over 70% this year. Our robberies are up 11% this year. It's been 1,300 robberies in this city already this year. Our carjackings are up nearly 88%. So we see clearly that crime is out of control in the city of Oakland, and our response was for less police resources. These are black police chiefs. The one in Seattle who was basically forced out and resigned. In Detroit, who left because he thinks it's a disaster, he needs to run for office. This gentleman, another black police chief. There are black police chiefs who can't put up with this. They see what's happening to the human beings in their community. Cut 13, go. I want to address a comment that was made by one of our city leaders during these budget meetings. It was referred to as a bump in the road, a speed bump, that we would go through a period where there would be speed bumps and there would be challenges uh, and things may not go right, uh, but we would be okay. Well, for me, 
those speed bumps are 65 lives so far this year. Victims who have suffered at the hands of violence, whether it's shootings, robberies, carjackings, sexual assaults, all of these crimes are not speed bumps. These are people. Far too often in these meetings, we are talking about numbers. We are talking about money and cost. I don't know what the cost of a life is, but I know not having resources makes our city less safe. It concerns me that we would ever consider that to be a bump in the road. That when you look at this screen and you see these are true people. These are people who lost their lives in this city. The violence that impacts our community every day. When I go to scenes and I meet with mothers and family members, they're not talking about numbers. They're talking about their children. And then cut 14, go. This is my God sister. That means something to me. Saturday night, I went out to a scene of a young man that lost his life. And a lady yelled out the window, do something about it. Without the resources, it makes it challenging to make Oakland safe. And more families find themselves dealing with trauma, find themselves dealing with putting the pieces together. When the yellow tape is gone, and when the streets are cleaned up, there is still hurt and pain and tragedy in our community. I hope that we can put politics aside and put public safety first. Put people's lives first before political agendas. Yep. And it's the political agenda of the American Marxists. It's the political agenda of the American Marxists in the Democrat Party. And they have the ear of the Oval Office, that is, the President and the Vice President. They have the ear of the Attorney General of the United States. And in the rambling, mumbling, incoherent speech that Biden gave on crime, there wasn't a single proposal, not one, that would help these people who are suffering in these cities. Not one. The Democrat Party has a stranglehold on these cities. Biden needs the support of the Democrat Party infrastructure. That's the infrastructure he really is trying to pay for. And there's no way out. There's no way out as long as the Democrats control all the levers of power. There's no way out. It would be very nice if LeBron James and and others would speak out against this. But they're part of this, this power structure, so they won't. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of Liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. 
This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. So the Democrats, incapable of protecting American citizens, uh, incapable of protecting their voters in many respects, blame the Republicans. That's how sick... And deluded these people have become. And it starts with Biden and works its way down. They're all mentally incapacitated. Here's a montage to remind you of Democrats, the ones who wanted to defund the police. From Oakland and L.A., Joe Biden, AOC, Cory Bush, Jamal Bowman, Kamala Harris, Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, news clips from this group and that group, cut 11, go. Some might say that the other party was for defunding the police. I'll let others say that. In Oakland tonight, defunding the police has become a reality. The L.A. City Council has taken its first step in defunding the LAPD. Today, the council voted to cut the budget by $150 million. Do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding? Yes. I do believe that we need to reallocate resources away. So, yes, defund your butts. The city council passed the New York City budget, which includes redistributing $1 billion from the NYPD budget. Yes, I support the reallocation of resources uh, from NYPD. We have to reimagine public safety. Not only do we need to disinvest for police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. The Austin City Council making major cuts to the Austin Police Department, voting to slash about $150 million from APD. Yes, I support a radical reimagining of community safety and public safety, which means reallocating Mm -hmm. um, and, and not further investing in a carceral state. And so when we dismantle it, we get rid of that cancer. The city council gave preliminary approval to cutting officers, and they say more cuts are on the way. Mayor Eric Garcetti saying, take some of the money from policing, about $150 million, invest it in health initiatives, training initiatives for youth. I applaud Eric Garcetti for doing what he's done. Democrat Party, Democrat media, do they sound like they care about individual human beings to you? All the talk about reimagining all the t- policy talk about immigration, all the policy talk about Jim Crow, all the policy talk. They control these areas and they make excuses. They lie. And there's consequences. And they're propagandists. And they're bringing their propaganda into the schoolrooms. With the media's help, of course. 14 days from now, Just 14 days from now, at midnight plus one minute, American Marxism will be available to you. Just two weeks from today. One of the things I point out here 
is the extent to which the media has been promoting racism in this country. Giving cover to the Democrat Party. Just as it gave cover to the Democrat mayors and city council to destroy their police forces, and now you have widespread mayhem. Because they don't give a damn about individual human beings. They talk about abstractions and theories and what they want to do to the country. Because they feel self-righteous when they go into their gated communities or they move out to the suburbs or whatever it is they do. Zach Goldberg, political science at Georgia State University when he was a doctoral candidate, he wrote some fantastic things. Probably the most extensive examination in media reporting on race and racism in recent years, and I cited in American Marxism. He says, in the wake of the protests, riots, and general upheaval sparked by the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis, the United States is experiencing a racial reckoning. The response from America's elite liberal institutions suggests that many have embraced the ideology of the protesters. Here, for instance, is a sampling of the titles of opinion pieces and news stories published over the past month, and this is last year, by the country's two most influential newspapers, the Washington Post and the New York Times. Quote, when black people are in pain, white people just join book clubs. Quote, black activists wonder, is protesting just trendy for white people? Quote, to white people who want to be one of the good ones, unquote. Quote, America's enduring caste system, our founding ideals promise liberty and equality for all. Our reality is an enduring racial hierarchy that has persisted for centuries. A long run on title, but one nonetheless. Now the last entry in the list that I just read to you, a lengthy feature on America's caste system in the New York Times Magazine, explicitly compares the United States to Nazi Germany. Goldberg continues. What the evidence suggests is that leading publications have not only vastly expanded the definition of racism and actively promoted a more racialized view of American society in a period beginning under black president, a black president and during which many indicators showed slow and frustrating but consistent racial progress, but have done so in part by normalizing and popularizing the notion of white people's collective guilt. The latest offering from the New York Times popular podcast lineup is called Nice White Parents and perfectly illustrates the point. The Times' description of the podcast focused on why reform initiatives have failed to fix the problems in American public schools suggests it has found the source of the problem. Quote, arguably the most powerful force in our schools, white parents. Focusing on the Times and the Washington Post, Goldberg found that Prior to 2013, the terms white and racial privilege appeared in an average of 0.000013% and 0.000015% of all the words in the New York Times and Washington Post, respectively. Between 2013 and 2019, these average frequencies grew by an astounding 1,200% in the New York Times, which was surpassed by nearly 1,500%, an increase in the Washington Post. Meanwhile, the frequency at which privilege shared the same uh, lexical space as terms like white, color, and skin reached a record high, and he goes on. 
The media have been pushing this agenda. The media have been leading the way in their newsrooms and on their opinion pages and in their editorials. It's true. Now, the media's use of white supremacy in related terms to describe anything or anyone who does not conform to the critical race theory racist ideology is pervasive. Goldberg says, whatever it used to mean, white supremacy is now everywhere and applicable to any context. Consider that until 2015, terms related to white supremacy almost never registered at more than 0.001% of all words in a given year in any of these newspapers. With the exception of the Wall Street Journal, whose upswing was less consistent, this ceiling has been comfortably breached in every year since. By 2019, the Times and Post were respectively using these terms approximately 17 and 18 times more frequently than they were in 2014. And it goes on, and I go on in American Marxism. Now, in these past three months, give or take, where I've touched on the book to give you a feel for what it is, to encourage you to jump in and participate with so many of us, I haven't even touched the surface. I'm giving you little bits and pieces now, but in 14 days, the countdown now is a real countdown. In 14 days, American Marxism will be available to all of you. And if you pre-order it now, it'll show up at your doorstep, at your office, wherever you are, whomever you are, on Tuesday, July 13th. On Tuesday, July 13th. I've got great hopes. Great hopes. And I know enough about history. I don't pretend to be One of the great activists in American history, I certainly am not. Let me repeat that. I certainly am not. But I know that certain pamphlets, certain books, certain speeches have launched movements. And you and I, we've done it before. Some people like to talk about the Tea Party movement. We are the Tea Party movement. Some people like to talk about the Reagan revolution. We are the Reagan revolution. Some people like to talk about the Trump revolution. We are part of the Trump revolution. But right now, right now we have to rise up, nonviolent, peaceful, not mostly, always, and take action. I hear people already congratulating themselves, even though they've done nothing on TV and on radio, congratulating themselves that finally, looks like there's pushback. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not even close. Playing a few audio bites or videos here and there are inspiring. We've done it here. They show the way. Very important. But that doesn't get our country back. And so we're not going to play games here. We're going to call them as we see them, as the American Marxism book does that. And I know there. Here's the uh, the silence before the storm. I hear it brewing. The targeting's coming. 
I'm well aware of this. The propaganda machines are gearing up. The hate machines are gearing up. But we will push back. But we need you. We need millions of you. It's not even enough to have tens of thousands of us. We need millions of you. We outnumber them. Even people who voted for Joe Biden, many of them, I'm sure, feel terribly abused and lied to. Despite our cautions before the election. But they see what Biden is doing to the economy. They see what he's doing to citizenship and the border. They see what's happening in crime. They see the massive deficit spending and massive taxes that are, that are awaiting us. They see that the Democrats and Joe Biden, they're destroying the country, one institution after another. And so it is up to us, not the Republican Party, not any candidate, not any spin doctors, you know, Rovian types on TV and so it's up to us. Each one of us. What are we going to do? We're going to talk about that. What are we going to do? We have a lot of energy. We have a lot of smarts. We have a lot of resources. The Marxists, the American Marxists, know how to organize. They know how to devour They know how to control. They know how to get power. Something we're not very good at. Because we live our own lives, live and let live. We just assume in a free society most people will conduct themselves that way. No, they're not. That's why I didn't call this book Democratic Socialism or Hyper-Progressivism. No, no, no. Time to get down and dirty and call Marxists what a Marxist is. And any of these columnists and newspapers and cable types that jump in and defend, we will address them too. Because they've done enormous damage to this country and have embraced this movement. Actually embraced multiple movements. The likes of Chuck Todd, he's a disgrace and he's a liar. Joy Reid is a disgrace and a liar. And these corporate, corporate platforms whether it's AT&T or Comcast or the rest. They have created bullhorns for these modern-day racists. Platforms. They don't even care if they get ratings or not. They don't care. And the leadership of the Democrat Party is not leadership at all. They're part of the mob. Joe Biden's part of the mob. Pelosi, Schumer, they're part of the mob. They are gutless wonders who allow a punk like AOC, a punk like Talib, a punk like Omar to destroy their own party as they march toward destroying the country. Fourteen days. I hope you'll get your copy. And by the way, the Friday before the release, I'll be doing a one hour on Sean Hannity's show. And many other programs coming up. So I hope you'll not just be observers, but participants. I love you people. I adore you. I am blessed by you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Now, education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people, a people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years, and it continues to provide that education today, not only to its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide. Through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating back to 1844, commit the college to preserving the blessings of civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution. It includes the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage and liberty that too often today is falsely derided and denied. Hillsdale's motto is, Pursuing Truth and Defending Liberty Since 1844. And it'll continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I will be on Hannity on Fox tonight, 9.35 p.m. Eastern Time. 9.35 p.m. Eastern Time. I hope you'll join me. This is tough to hear, but it's the first response to the Surfside collapse heard in the fire rescue radio call. Hat tip NBC6, cut 20, go. 76, I see many people on the balconies. There's the gone. There's no elevators. There's this is nothing. I mean, it, it almost resembles the trade center. Copy, no elevators. 131 to Canada. Some people are evacuating, saying it's not like they heard a bomb. Just confirming, you're going to... Search everything that's unlocked all the way up to the top floor and then start working your way back down, forcing all the doors you can't search, correct? I mean, I'm going to start with 19 that they're up here with the rabbit tool. We'll start on the fifth floor and work our way back up. Uh, 56 is with the engineers and they're doing the hail all the way up, knocking hail on the way up. Mm-hmm. They couldn't really get up, could they, given what was taking place? And one of the firefighters said... Uh, Looked like one of the Twin Towers when it collapsed. And that it has. And I also heard today this is the third worst building collapse in American history. Obviously the Twin Towers, and this is number three. And other than that little boy, on the first day, so far, nobody's been found alive. They have found 12 uh, bodies. They can't identify them. 150 missing. There was a report on Fox of a dump truck uh, leaving the area, part of the area where the media can't see, escorted by police cars. And typically that would suggest, uh, I suppose, body parts, Mr. Producer, where they're taking them to the coroner's office and so forth. So this has been absolutely horrific. And I'll see you in a few minutes. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello America, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. As I mentioned, I'll be on Hannity tonight, 9.35 p.m. Eastern Time on the Fox News Channel. Jennifer Granholm, well, she's a moron. She was governor of Michigan. She's been other things. Now she's the Secretary of Energy. She knows nothing about energy, which is exactly why she's there. She's just another ideologue. It's amazing to me that we have politicians from Michigan. The home of the assembly line, the automobile assembly line, who hate automobiles. It's, it's an amazing thing. And they get elected. And they get elected with a lot of union votes. It's, it's like, do you understand these people hate your guts? At some point, people need to understand this. Minorities and their inner cities need to understand the Democrat Party is abusing you and using you. And I don't care if they're black mayors or city councils and so forth. It's party first, baby. That's where they stand. Power. So we have this horrific collapse in Florida. Horrific. 150 people missing, 12 dead. Day six, they haven't found a single person alive since the first day, a a young boy. This could be an absolute horror. I knew this was coming. And here's Jennifer Granholm, the Secretary of Energy. And she's on CNN today. So CNN brings her on knowing full well full well where her head is and prods her and pushes her to say it. Cut, nine, go. We've been talking a lot about what happened in Florida at the Surfside condominium building that collapsed. We don't know exactly what happened at this point. But given what we know about the changing climate, given that we've seen an increase in these so-called extraordinary tides and the impact that that can have in areas like South Florida, do you think that climate could have played a role in that building's collapse. Let's just stop a second. This is so inhumane and sickening to be pushing this this kook agenda. Let's say the climate changed in South Florida over the last 40 years. Did it change in a violent way? No. Have there always been hurricanes there? Yes. Tides change. Even high tides change. We call it gravity, we call it the sun, we call it the moon. To start speculating about an idiotic argument like this is just so outrageous. Climate change. I wonder if the architect was a white racist. Maybe he was a Republican. This is why CN literally is losing what's left of its little audience, because they're sick. They're sick bastards. Who was this, Mr. Producer? I don't even know her name. Erica Hill? Who's Erica Hill? Now, they bring this up because they know Granholm will agree with them, at least in part, or at least speculate with them. Go ahead. Well, obviously, we don't know fully, but we do know that that the seas are rising. I mean, we know that we're losing inches and inches of beaches, not just in Florida, but all around. Yes, Uh, we are. And in some places, we aren't. 
There's not a damn thing we can do about it. Nothing. We can ban the automobile altogether. We can go back to the good old days when people were starving to death, when they had to fret for their own food, when, when you had none of the niceties that the Industrial Revolution brought the American people. And it would still happen if it's going to happen. Because Mother Earth is not a mother. It's a planet. And it's not the only planet. And things happen on this planet as a result of things that are beyond this planet as well. The idea that human beings can affect the planet. The idea that human beings can affect gravity and the sun and all the rest is so irrational. But it doesn't matter. People want to believe. They may not want to believe in God. They may not want to embrace a faith. But this is their, this is their religion. They can't help it. This is it. And they, and they insist on dragging the rest of us with them. But we're not even done looking for people who might be alive. And now we have the climate change discussion between a phony host with a low IQ and a hack politician with even a lower IQ. Climate change. Yes, we know that the seas are rising. We know that the seas are rising. We know it's because of capitalism. So everybody has to be poor. Everybody has to live to our code. What kind of house they can have, how big it is, what kind of automobile they can have, how many they can have, and everything else. Go ahead. You know, Lake Michigan, where I'm from, they, you know, we've seen the loss of beaches because the, the waters are rising. So, you know, this is... A I'm sorry, the water's been rising for a long time. And then there's a cycle where they recede. And there's not a damn thing we can do about it. Nothing. Hello? Nothing. And we can't even secure the border. We can't even address real crime in our streets. We can't even balance our budgets. But we're going to stop the ocean from rising. We're going to stop Lake Michigan from rising. We're going to, oh yeah, all we have to do is Seize your property, seize your liberty, destroy your lifestyle and your way of living, shrink our economy, and then everything will be swell. Now you may starve to death, but that's okay. Go ahead. We'll continue. Whether it ha- we'll have to wait to see what the analysis is. Uh, thank you is. for nothing. And then there's Representative Jamal Bowman. Now this guy is a real, a real uh, apparatchik. It's a real app. This guy used to be a, uh, a principal or an assistant principal at a public school. He's a complete clown, a complete unhinged kook. Now, who's Casey Hunt? Casey Hunt is with MSNBC. You see what I mean? These so-called hosts or news people are crazier asses than the people they're questioning. So now we have Casey Hunt. Cut 10, Go. What's the right uh, top line uh, price tag for the reconciliation package? Is, is six trillion too many trillions? So, no, it's not. But before I go to a top line, let me say this. 
I believe we need a federal jobs guarantee to get us out of this climate crisis. How many more stupid people are going to get elected to Congress? We need a federal jobs guarantee to get us out of this climate crisis. You see, folks, it all comes down to, to money. Redistribution, big government, government control. We need a civilian, we need a federal jobs guarantee to get us out of this climate crisis. What climate crisis are you talking about, you moron? What are you talking about? We have a climate crisis? Why? Because this clown said so? What does he know about climate? What does he know about anything? Go ahead. I believe we need a civilian climate corporation to get us out of this climate crisis. We need a civilian climate corporation to get us out of this climate crisis. We do? And what the hell is this numbskull talking about? A civilian climate corporate? Well, he's a Marxist. That's what he's talking about. A thousand ways to skin the capitalist. That's all. He's got the media with him. He's got the damn full corporations with him. Go ahead. And we have to get to net zero carbon emissions uh, by 2030 or 2035. So in nine years or in 14 years, we need net zero carbon emissions. That means every smokestack industry, every automobile, every, actually, mammals. With flatulation and so forth. We're going to stop carbon emissions. I want you to take a deep breath in and then a deep blowout. Go ahead. Deep breath in. Now out. That out is carbon dioxide. Now, how are we going to have zero? Carbon emissions. Less people, maybe? Remember, they were into that kick not too long ago. Hey, the population. Hey, hey. We need population control. We need people control. We, we, we need... These are the sickos. The sick bastards. Go ahead. The latest. So whatever number that is to get us to a federal jobs... Ah, shut up, you idiot. We have an absolute insane asylum in the hard left of the Democrat Party. And what they ought to do in these house offices is, is put pads on the walls. Because these people on the hard left, they belong in an institution. I'll be right back. Mark Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. 
Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. We have uh, one of the more perceptive and intelligent and wisest young people I know, Daniel Horowitz with us of the Blaze Media. Daniel, you wrote a piece the other day, Republicans should trap Biden with legislation instituting tough sentencing on gun felons. Explain to the American people what you have in mind. Well, it's great to be back with you, Mark. And look, where I live in central Maryland, I've been saying to Congratulations. Yes. Well, where I live, I can't carry... Don't you have a car? Can't you get the hell out of there? Anyway, go right ahead. Well, that's the thing. You don't have too many cars left because of all the carjackings. Mm-hmm. And when you carjack someone, you, you, you tend to use a gun. And what's funny is a law-abiding citizen here cannot carry, yet you could have an individual that has five felonies and is caught assaulting someone with a gun. We talk about red flag laws. But what if someone's the ultimate red flag, they've been convicted of a violent crime, and they're caught with a weapon, a legal possession, assaulting someone with it? The story of every major city from Baltimore to Chicago to New York and L.A. certainly now is that there are thousands of gun felons on the streets that are caught. And then even after they're caught and they violate their parole when they're caught with another firearm, they're not reincarcerated because of the de-incarceration agenda. So my idea is simple. We should call Biden's bluff and say, hey, you want gun control, let's stiffen all the mandatories for violent gun felons, and you'll stop about 80% of the street crime. Now, why would they oppose that? They oppose it because as much On racial grounds? So as much as they hate guns, they hate incarceration even more. This has become the holy grail. I mean, you remember from the Reagan era, Reagan forced the Democrats kicking and screaming to go along with his tough-on-crime agenda. Unfortunately, this past generation with the resurgence in crime, Republicans themselves have been very soft on that. So Democrats don't feel the pressure Uh um, to get tough on crime like they did in the early 90s. And um, that's why they are continuing to literally look you in the eye and say we have gun violence while letting every gun felon they can out post-conviction, pre-trial, regardless of their record. Now, are you optimistic that Republicans will push this kind of agenda? Have you talked to anybody on Capitol Hill and so forth? You know, it is surprising to me. I have not seen um, much legislation. I remember Mm -hmm. in the early 90s as a kid, uh, crime was the biggest issue, and now we're surpassing the records in some major cities. And I'm a little bit surprised at how muted Republicans are. I am not seeing much of an effort. It's almost like there's a stigma against increasing the numbers in prison, and it's based on this faulty premise that we have an over-incarceration problem, when in fact um, you know, the prison population has been plummeting even before COVID, certainly afterwards, and crime is increasing. So I'm not really optimistic. Uh, we're seeing a lot of Republican-controlled states where these libertarian think tanks come in, and they think of more ways to let... Like, the Coke, uh, like the Coke group comes in now. 
exactly the Coke group. They're doing this in Texas. They're doing it in every state. And by the way, this is not just a New York uh, blue state problem. This is a 50-state problem where even putting drugs aside, just straight-up violent gang members are not being punished commensurate with the crimes they commit. You know, the Democrats want to rearrange society. they got all kinds of plans, trillions and trillions of dollars. There's not a corner of this civil society that they don't want to control, to reimagine, to transition, fundamentally alter, and on and on and on. And yet, they can talk about how they care about people and the poor and the, the middle class and so forth, but they're getting people killed, aren't they? They're getting people literally killed by their policies in these cities that they have 100% control over. This is really the untold story of the past year from the BLM, Antifa agenda, the de-incarceration, anti-policing. At the end of the day, it, unlike in the 70s where I think the threat was a little bit more homogenous, it's still limited to certain areas. So it's not where the politicians are living, and they don't care. But the reality is that murders, the number of murders has increased 78% in a, in a city like Philadelphia. But the overwhelming number of victims... Excuse me, that's the city of brotherly love. That can't possibly be going on. That's my home city. Exactly, but there's only brotherly love for some. They talk a lot about um, equity or inequality. And the one form of inequality they won't speak of is the imbalance in homicide victims. 85% of all homicide victims in Philly this year have been black. And the thing is, that number is going up. So what that tells you is that the excess homicides that we're seeing over the past year, year and a half, uh, relative to the prior 20 years, those are almost exclusively black victims of crime. So they're pushing a racial agenda to say that we can't incarcerate people, but it's almost all black victims of crime that are suffering. And we're, uh, we're distracted by this white racism BS stuff. Uh, and when, in fact, uh, like Joe Biden, Joe Biden said nothing about black-on-black crime. Joe Biden said nothing about the Democrats who run these cities and their policies. Joe Biden said nothing about these Soros-elected prosecutors who won't prosecute. Joe Biden said nothing about these liberal Obama and his ilk type of uh, mentality judges that he's appointed. None of the real problems that they've created will they talk about because, well, they created them. I, I found it truly shocking. This is the first crime wave we've seen in the country where there is no response that is geared towards locking up the bad guys. Mm-hmm. It was all focusing on the guns themselves and then just throwing money at people for employment and all gun these dealers. programs. Tell me, how many gang members go to gun dealers and fill out that federal uh, license <laughs> form, that federal registration form? Uh, probably none. None of them. And and their favorite bogeyman are these rifle accessories or or specialty type of guns. And and the reality is that rifles are only responsible for 0.02% of all homicides. Yes, Um, but you know what, Daniel Horowitz? Democrat policies are responsible for 90%. Exactly. David Horowitz, I want to thank you. Daniel? And we'll have you back soon, and thank you for everything. Daniel Horowitz, everybody. Catch him at Blaze. We'll be back.
Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. And please don't forget, 14 days and counting down. July 13th, the release of American Marxism. When we, hopefully millions of us, engage engage and we provide support to those who've already been engaging in various school districts and so forth but we've got to do a lot more first thing we need to do is inform ourselves I know you've heard a lot about critical race theory you've heard a lot about some of the other theories in a relatively surface level or superficial way I really want you to drench yourself in what the enemy's doing this is what George Washington would tell you the head of the Continental Army This is what Ulysses S. Grant would tell you, or Abraham Lincoln would have told you. This is what Patton would tell you. And we're taking it from a absolutely, not mostly peaceful, 100% peaceful perspective. The Marxists are violent. We are not. We can do things. And one of the things we're going to do is go through some of their strategies and steal them. And use them against them. We're going to have our own strategies and use them. And we're going to talk about how we do this, how we, how we engage many, many patriots right now who are very upset, but really kind of sitting on the sidelines. Ways we can do things without disrupting your life. Just a little bit of, of attention and focus. But it's now up to our generation to save the country. We not only have to hurry in order to stem what's taking place, because we're losing right now. We're losing. But we will lose the country from within and from without, because communist China is on the move. Communist China is on the move. Look at the generals and admirals leading our military. Not all of them, but listen to the ones that you've seen testify. They are pathetic. This guy Milling is a disgrace. I don't care what he's done in his past. I'm dealing with his present. He's not ready for anything. The head of the Navy? This guy's overseeing the depletion of our, of our ships. It's appalling. You heard Millie say, I've read Mao, I've read Lenin. I went into one of the Republicans and said, really, what of Lenin exactly have you read? And what of Mao exactly have you read? And while we're at it, What have you read from the Founding Fathers? Let's go into some detail. I mean, he opened the door, but unfortunately there was no time or no interest in walking in. General, what exactly have you read from Lenin? Hmm? And tell me, what authors have you read on critical race theory? and What what impressed you? Uh... The uh, general has no idea what the hell he's talking about. They're talking in platitudes. This is, this is the problem. Then we have uh, Joy Reid, who just keeps lying and lying and lying, because that's what she does best. She's a liar. And Joy, you can come on the program anytime you want. And then I'll, I'll have some joy in questioning you. So she, uh, she starts attacking the GOP, because the GOP 
is rejecting American history. No, she's a liar. Nobody's rejecting American history. It's the Marxist left that burns books and pulls down statues. We're the ones saying, don't burn books, leave the statues up, let's learn our history, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. They want to pull down all remnants of the Confederacy, which, of course, they're responsible for. But why would you do that if you want people to learn about them? They don't even make any sense. We want them to learn about slavery. We want them to learn about what the Confederacy did. But we're going to burn the books and pull down the monuments. Uh, what? Well, how are we going to learn about this then? That's a side point. But here's Joy Reid on MSLSD. Cut two. Go. This weekend, Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson told a crowd of Republican supporters that he's more panicked than ever about the state of the country. And the Republicans should, quote, take back our school boards, our county boards, our city councils. Why are you so hysterical? What's with the drama? You sound like a mental case. Are you a mental case? Why are you so excited about this? I believe she's a daughter of immigrants, too. We've done a hell of a good job vetting, haven't we? Making sure people who come into this country love this country. Well, that's the problem with open borders, ladies and gentlemen. Or open immigration. Used to be, you would have to show allegiance to the country. It doesn't mean you have to agree with everything, of course. But you're not supposed to hate the country. But here we have a hater. Go ahead. We'll take back our culture. What exactly is our culture, Senator? And, and who I'll tell it? you what our culture is, Joy. And maybe you should start reading a little bit so you can actually inform yourself. Our culture is about enlightenment. Our culture is about the Judeo-Christian moral and philosophical teachings. Our culture is about the values that uphold a civil society. Our culture is about having allegiance to a diverse, open, and just society. Our culture is about making corrections where corrections have to be made. Trying to fix imperfections where imperfections exist, as they do in every society. Our culture is about faith and family. Our culture is about free market capitalism. Where people are free to make things and sell things without interference from the government. And I can go on and on and on, but you don't really care. Do you? Your nitwittery knows no bounds. Go ahead. Or in that sentence. And who decides? What do you mean who decides? It's called tradition. It's called custom. Maybe you ought to read Edmund Burke. Have you ever heard of Edmund Burke? I know he's not Engels and, uh, and Marx. I know he's not Ibram Kendi. Who decides, ladies and gentlemen? Go ahead. They're objecting to is a factual analysis of our history, warts and all. Nobody's objecting to a factual analysis of our history. You are such a dim bulb. You don't even know what critical race theory is. Or you do, and you're a flat-out, bald-faced liar. Tremendous historians have come forward. Pulitzer Prize winners. Who have no political party. Some of them are actually liberals who are, have nothing but contempt for the 1619 Project, critical race theory, even the, the more modern promoter and one of the founding fathers at Harvard Law School, Derek Bell, 
Even he talked about, and this is critical in critical race theory, as you'll see when you read the book, it's not about statistics or knowledge or experience or fact. It's about storytelling. That is key to understanding critical race theory. Storytelling. Because they really don't want to talk about history. Go ahead. But what they're doing is far more pernicious. They've taken legitimate calls for critical self-reflection and demonized it into a... Do you have critical self-reflection for being the bigot you were in the posts you put up, anti-homosexual posts? You lied about it. You said somebody hacked your site. Do you have self-reflection? Can there be racists who aren't white? Do they have self-reflection? What if you're not a racist? What do you need self-reflection for? But according to critical race theory, if you're white, you are a racist. You're born a racist. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. It's in your DNA. Now, she brings Ibram Kendi on, who's become a multimillionaire. He's like an associate professor of, you know, nitwittery or whatever he does. No, 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 no. We're not talking about... I read your book, your latest book, you idiot. Yes, you are. Cut three. Go. Do you believe that white Americans are inherently racist? Oh, I do not. And, and indeed, in How to Be an Anti-Racist, I make the case that we shouldn't believe that anyone is inherently racist or that we should identify anyone as a racist. And I make the case that racist isn't a fixed category. It's a descriptive term. You know why he does that? You know why he does that, Mr. Producer in America? Because a category would be like the Klan is racist, right? It would be like neo-Nazis are racist, right? Be white supremacists, real white supremacists, they're racist. You see, it's not about them in particular, don't you see? It is, a, it is a descriptive term. What did I just tell you? It's not about knowledge or science. It's a descriptive term to describe all whites. Go ahead. What a person is being in any given moment based on what they're doing or saying. And so if a it person- describes what a person is being at any given moment based on what they're doing or saying. And stop lying, Ibram. It's also what they're not doing and saying. It's inherent. You might even not be conscious about what's taking place. You can't help it. This is his book. Go ahead saying black people are lazy, they're being racist. But in the very next moment, they're advocating a policy that creates justice uh, and, and equity for all. They're being you, see, anti- you see, if she would let him talk more, and she cuts him off and interrupts, but it would become obvious. You see, even if you advocate for equity, the problem is in that dumb skull of yours, you white people still think about minorities in bigoted and racist terms. You may not say so, but you do. In this white dominant society. You can't help it. This is how you're taught. This is what this is what goes on in your head. So you might even be for equity for all. You might even be a a left wing white professor. You might be all these things. You're just not good enough. Do you have to come to grips with this? Go ahead. Racist. Okay. Uh, and, and do you know... Um, Notice she got a little tripped up there, Mr. Producer? Because he was moving in that direction. She, uh, uh, okay, uh, uh, wait a minute. Let me change the subject. Go ahead. 
any schools that are teaching that white Americans are inherently racist? Have you ever heard of any school that's teaching that anywhere? <laughs> I haven't. And, and, and indeed, I would speak out against that school. Oh, this, if is, it... this is sad. This is pathetic. He's a coward. He's been exposed and he doesn't like it. More when I return. I'll be right back. Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Part of my answer to Professor Kendi, enjoy read, which is probably useless. Here in my book, American Marxism, you have an individual, Robin DiAngelo, wrote a book that's made of fortune, Right Fragility, and she writes, White supremacy is a descriptive and useful term to capture the all-encompassing centrality and assumed superiority of people defined and perceived as white. And the practice is based on this assumption. White supremacy in this context does not refer to individual white people and their individual intentions or actions, but to an overarching political, economic, and social system of domination. Again, racism is a structure, not an event, while hate groups that openly proclaim white superiority do exist, and this term refers to them also. The popular consciousness solely associates white supremacy with these radical groups, This reductive definition obscures the reality of the larger system at work and prevents us from addressing this system. And so, you see, folks, white supremacy defines and explains the entire American experiment, not merely an extreme fringe of white supremacists. And this is what Kendi was trying to say before Joy Reid cut him off. We're not talking about the Klan. We're We're talking about whites. They declare that not only is society incurably racist and white-dominated, but there's no point in attempting to assert or pursue your rights because such rights really are not rights at all. Why? Because they do not deliver the kind of Marxist egalitarianism and people, so-called workers' paradise, demanded by the critical race movement. And I go on and on about this. So they're not going to get away with They're little head fakes. We cannot allow this ideology to be defined by the corrupt Democrat Party, radical media in this country, MSNBC, CNN, and the other other low-rated platforms out there. This is my point about 
the book, American Marxism, you'll be able to, you're not going to memorize everything, but you'll be able to read it, understand it, and then go back if you need to and say, wait a minute, that Joy Reid's lying through her teeth. Or you'll be able to, when you're confronted by an individual who promotes this kind of racism, to politely explain how wrong they are. How wrong they are. And the critical race theoreticians, like other Marxists, reject dialogue, reject debate. They are self-righteous and they are narcissistic. They demand compliance. In fact, if you don't comply, then they start with a name call. Oh, you must be a white racist. Well, wait a minute, I'm not a white. But they've colonized your mind. What? Oh, yes. You may not be white by skin, but you're white by mind. This is the sickness of this Marxist movement. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building we've once again made contact with our leader Mark Levin Hello America Mark Levin here our number 877-381-3811 877-381-3811 I want to read you something you haven't seen this yet. It was just posted at the Wall Street Journal. It'll be appearing in the Wall Street Journal tomorrow. It's by our friend John Lott. He says, I was honored to deliver a commencement address to an Nevada high school this month, but the school didn't exist. It was a hoax perpetrated by gun control activists. On May 14, I received a call from a man who identified himself as Jordan Simon board chairman of James Madison Academy, a Las Vegas-based online high school with 2,000 graduating students. Mr. Simon told me students and faculty had picked me to be their commencement speaker. I looked up the school and found a professional website, jamesmadisonacademy.net, no longer exists, featuring photos of smiling students and detailed descriptions of the school and teachers. I want you to see how elaborate and what great lengths they went to to do this. Mr. Simon offered to cover my travel expenses and pay a small honorarium since there were no direct flights to Missoula, Montana, where I live, and Las Vegas. He even offered to charter a plane to fly me down. That seemed excessive, so I drove. I wanted to save the school money and visit friends in Idaho on the way. So I agreed to give the talk made plans to drive the 950 miles for the June 5 event. I planned on giving a talk based on the advice I give my own children about hard work and how to get started in a career. But a few days before the event, Mr. Simon told me I had to discuss background checks and James Madison's role in drafting the Second Amendment. I objected. But he said the students were conservatives and the Second Amendment had been part of the core curriculum. So I went along. 
In an email to Mr. Simon in which I outlined my speech, I wrote, I still feel uncomfortable getting into this type of political discussion for a commencement because it seems to me that commencement should be talks that leave everyone satisfied. Mr. Simon told me that I needed to attend a dress rehearsal on the morning of June 4. I replied I had another talk scheduled for June 3 and it would be almost impossible for me to get to Las Vegas on time. He pleaded. Then they had a big crew that they had a big crew for the rehearsal and it would cost the school a lot of money to delay. I offered to give my rehearsal address over the phone. Unfortunately, Mr. Simon texted, my hands are tied, everyone participate and will be there on Friday for rehearsal. Later in a phone call, Mr. Simon said they were making a video of the dress rehearsal in case there were problems with the recording at the commencement. They wanted the video to be just so they could use it to market the school. I sped through the night to Las Vegas getting a ticket on the way, but what should have been a 13-hour trip actually took another four hours because of a major accident. I kept Mr. Simon apprised, and he kept pleading with me to hurry, saying how much the students and faculty appreciated my effort. I arrived early in the afternoon of June 4. I met Mr. Simon and was taken to the venue. It was an impressive setup. A team of about 20 staff and technicians were present. There were multiple cameras and flying drones, a large dais, and a tent filled with technical equipment. Banners with the high school's logo hung over either side of the stage. No expense was spared, and I had no suspicion that the event might be fake. Mr. Simon called me the next morning to say the commencement had been canceled, claiming the police had contacted the school about a credible threat of violence. Change the ref. The group had orchestrated the hoax, argues that I should have done a proper background check on the school. Seriously, I've given many hundreds of talks at schools over the years, and nothing like this has ever happened. So the group then posted a deceptively edited one-minute video with excerpts from my speech. It claims, for instance, that I am working to block background checks. In fact, my talk focused on how to fix a system that discriminates against minorities and the poor. I made two points. First, while President Biden and other Democrats claim that 3 million prohibited people have been stopped from buying guns because of background checks, that's false. There's a massive error rate in the background check system. Some 99% of the denials, denials are law-abiding people who are improperly stopped. Did you know that? The system discriminates most against black and Hispanic males. When I worked at the U.S. Justice Department, I saw data showing that the error rate for black males was more than three times their share of the population. For Hispanic males, two and a half times. I pointed out this could be easily fixed if the federal government held its own background checks to the same standard as private companies. Second, background checks are expensive. When I said gun control advocates and Democrats will fight you tooth and nail, I was talking about their effort to block these reasonable changes. CNN, like other news outlets, mentioned my concern about the edits, but it then quotes a change the ref represented. There was no editing. The group refuses to release the full video, of course. If gun control activists had confidence in their arguments, they wouldn't find it necessary to lie, alter, and misstate what other people have said. And although I got my honorarium, I still haven't been reimbursed for travel expenses. John Lott, Crime Prevention Research Center. What a lousy, low-life deal that was. Wasn't it, Mr. Producer? 
just sickening, and the plotting and planning of these evil bastards. Unbelievable. Shocking. Disgusting. But it doesn't matter for the Marxist left. They want you disarmed. They want you impoverished. They want you eating out of the hand, their hand. They want to control you. They hate the fact that you're free, independent human beings. Really quite appalling. Now what, now we're trashing uh, Governor Abbott, is that it? No governor lives up to the standards, you know. Now we're going to trash Governor Abbott. Oh, I see. Brilliant. Brilliant. Now I have in front of me, and I'm not going to play it, it's just too much for one evening, too depressing. We have Obama on a virtual fundraising call with Eric Holder and Pelosi yesterday. If we don't stop these efforts by these Republican states, we'll see a delegitimizing of our democracy. Like he cares about that. We have Eric Holder, also virtual fundraising Zoom call with Obama and Pelosi. Says we're in the midst of an attack on our democracy not seen since the Jim Crow era. We've got to fight back. These are really the lowest of low-life demagogues. The worst of the worst. They are so power-craven. Power-craven. Now this would be the same Eric Holder, who as dep- uh, Deputy Attorney General under Clinton, was handing out pardons left and right for political reasons. This would be the same Obama, who was pals with domestic terrorists from the weather underground who were trying to overthrow our government. Now he talks about democracy. These are two individuals who have contributed mightily to undermining the country and have benefited mightily from the country. Sickening, sickening, sickening. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. All right, Mr. Producer, while my computer slowly tries to catch up with the current decade, to whom would you speak to? Do we have any irregular Americans? We never get irregular Americans. What's with that? A.K.A. leftists. We never get irregular Americans. So I want to give out the special number for irregular Americans. What is that number, Mr. Producer? Yes. 
877-381-2121. Isn't that it? Oops. 877 what is it? 877-381-3811. Don't call that other number. It's probably a pizzeria. All right. 877-381-3811. KSLM, Ron in Polk, Oregon. Ron, how are you, sir? Oh, great. God bless you, my brother. Another I'm your brother from the West Coast. Thank you, trying man. Trying to stand up against the bullfolds of liberty. I appreciate the Philadelphian sound of music, baby. Come on. God bless you, man. And at the same time, I'll tell you this, my brother. I've been moving on up. I am now the alternate chairman. I didn't even vote for myself, but God has a place for each and every one of us. Hold on. Ultimate chairman of what? Orange and others. You're what now? Polk County Republican Party. Good for you. Polk County Republican. Yes, I didn't vote for myself, but God give God the glory. He must know I have to do something. Mm-hmm. But to make a long story short, here are BDs, here are Oprah, here, and this what I just heard from the previous president and the, and the schmuck. I'll be honest with you. They are trying to, they are the new segregationists. These are the demo-Marxists of America. They ain't Democrats. They are demo-Marxists. And in the process, they want to use race and, and, and edify individualism, that thing called e- equity. I am not a piece of property like a pickup or a house or a piece of land. I am an American first. I have mm-hmm. my values come from Judeo-Christian values. We shall walk about and we shall do the Lord's will as a founding fathers, as an Abraham, as King, Billy Graham, Bob Jones, and everybody else that helped to bring us oh, about. Shit. And them trying to go through and discourage anybody because of European Americans and trying to put that crap in our schools is unacceptable. We'll not be tolerant. And I'll challenge any of these fools. And I even was called a called a Klansman because I spoke truth. And then you know what you do on that, people? You don't get mad. You just say... I didn't hear that Klansman part. I don't hear that well sometimes. Oh, I don't hear that. Well, yeah, they call me a Klansman. I'm, I'm a sunborn Puerto Rican redneck that... <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Slow down. You're Puerto Rican and they call you Klansman? <laughs> yes. Well, I call myself that. I, I do team roping all over the valley here, Willamette Valley, and I was in 115 degree heat down in Eagle Point, Oregon with my friends. And you know some whether from Milton Freeway to the northeast corner of the state or down to the southernmost part of the state, I'm treated like an American because of my character, my work ethics, my sincerity, my charity. I mentored all sorts of kids mm-hmm. in this valley, and they have done well, and I give God all the glory. And the thing the Republican Party has done in my state, they threw my representative under the bus. And they Who's that? The expelled for Mike Nearman. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because he says, you're going to conduct business with everybody else, unions and your best friends in the Capitol, the people's house, and yet... 22 of my 23 Republicans threw him under the bus and expelled him. All right, my friend. Well, you certainly have a lot of energy. Certainly have a lot of energy. I, mean, I wouldn't want to go up against you, that's for sure. Let's go to Derek, Indianapolis, Indiana on XM Satellite. Derek, how are you, sir? Good, good. How are you, Mark? All right, thank you. <laughs> All right, Mark. Uh, I'm a young black conservative um, and I heard your opening monologue, and um, I agree with you 100%. Um, and I think um, that the reason that the black community doesn't vote for the Republican Party is the Republican Party doesn't um, campaign in the black community. And so uh, Trump, he was actually able to pull more black votes because he actually went into the black churches. He went into the schools. He actually went out and talked to people. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think if they... 
make an effort to actually reach out to black people, they're going to pull uh, a bigger percentage. And I mean, I, I, not- I don't disagree with that, but they're never going to get a majority if they just reach out. What they have to do is figure out how to uh, bifurcate the Democrat Party um, from the funds that go into these communities because the Democrat Party takes credit for everything. Uh, and the Democrat Party, in many ways, is very evil because it will not allow these children to go to uh, different schools. They're forced to go to a, a heavy unionized Democrat-controlled school that teaches them crap or they're, they're crime-infested. Um, there's a point at which something more has to be done than relying on the Republican Party. I'll give you an example. And I think you're onto something in, a, in, in, in kind of a way, which is this. I was asked by the Trump White House about 10 months ago, what do I think might actually be beneficial in helping in the inner cities? And I said, you know what I would do? We have all kinds of these, this core and that core, that are promoting the welfare state and centralized government, Democrat ideology. We ought to have a capitalism core where we go in and we teach young guys and gals about profits about opportunity, how to create wealth, how to make money, how to serve uh, in doing that, how to improve your community. They're not getting any of this from anybody anywhere. In other words, they're not getting any notion of private property rights, of, uh, of, of what it is that makes other people in this country successful in other parts of the country. So in other words, we preach freedom all over the world. We preach capitalism all over the world. We go to the the, the farthest points of the earth, but we don't do it in our own cities. And that's what I'm talking about, things of that sort. Does that make sense to you, Derek? Yeah, yes, it, it, do, it does make sense. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, just, it's sad because it's like, um, you know, most black people actually agree with the ideas, with conservative ideas. And so um, it isn't that most of us are liberal. Most black people do not agree with the ideas of the Democrat Party. Well, that's why the Democrat Party lies and lies and lies all the time. uh, All the time. All the time. Derek, I want to thank you, man. God bless you. I love Indianapolis, by the way. They have great restaurants. The the way that city is set up, I, I really like it a lot. Joe Chico, California, on the Mark Levin app. Go ahead, please, quickly. Hello. I would just like to uh, let the audience know. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I do. Can you hear me, Mr. Levin? Yes, I do. Uh, Go. I would just like to have the. I would like to discuss critical. I would like to discuss critical race theory. Go and, for it. Um, let the audience know. Go uh, for one it. Key aspect about critical race theory is that laws that were exposed, laws that were set up in the past have left current populations at a disadvantage. Redlining didn't allow for African Americans to buy. Redlining houses. is illegal, sir. Yes, where there was more. Yes, I understand that, but redlining. That's a, that's a critical race theory goes all the way back to the Constitution, it doesn't it, Joe? Where. I understand that, but what I'm trying to explain is that what happened was... I said redlining is illegal, and if you did understand critical race theory, you would understand that most of the theoreticians, going back to even Derek Bell, condemn the civil rights movement. Do you condemn the civil rights movement? I under, I, I'm, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is the reasons why the, the explanation... No, no, sir, listen, I, I understand uh, you want to go through all that. You want to talk about other issues? What I'm saying to you is this. 
Redlining is, un- is now illegal. We have court decisions that make certain other behavior illegal. And I'm telling you that critical race theory isn't about redlining. Critical race theory argues that a colorblind society is a lie. That the civil rights movement is a lie. That the civil rights movement enshrined a white dominant society. Do you not read about critical race theory, sir? Critical race theory identifies laws that held minorities back. I just said to you, let me try it again. Do you think the 1964 Civil Rights Act was a ruse for the white dominant society? No, no. 1965 Civil Rights Act? You think Martin Luther King was wrong about a colorblind society? So if I bought a house next to a smokestack... You know what? You don't even know what critical race theory is. You have no idea what it is, and you're defending it. I'm explaining it. It You're not explaining a damn thing. Study of laws that led... All right, we'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. The Mark Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. It's amazing. Was there redlining? Of course there was redlining. Is there redlining today? If you get somebody, you can sue them and make a hell of a lot of money, and there's plenty of lawyers who will represent you. See, that last caller doesn't want to talk about racial progress He doesn't even want to talk about critical race theory. He just wants to throw stuff against the wall. And so he kept repeating, redlining, redlining. It's a Marxist movement. It has nothing to do with redlining. It starts with critical theory, which was a legal movement in our law schools. It spreads to critical race theory and beyond. Now, again, I pull out my book, American Marxism. There were in our prominent critics of critical race theory who were active in the early civil rights movement, including the late Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s chief of staff, confidant, and friend, Dr. Wyatt T. Walker. Walker was a legend in the civil rights movement in his own right. His friend and frequent collaborator in the school choice movement, Steve Kalinske, writes that Walker was King's field general in the organized resistance against notorious Birmingham Safety Commissioner Bull Connor. Now keep something in mind. Martin Luther King and that entire movement was not anti-American, was not trying to overthrow a white-dominant society. It was a movement demanding that under the Constitution of the United States that black people be treated like human beings. 
It was not a war on society. It was not a Marxist movement. Now Walker compiled and named King's The Letter from Birmingham Jail. He was with King for the march on Washington that produced the I Have a Dream speech and in Oslo for the Nobel Peace Prize. Walker emphatically rejected critical race theory. In 2015, Klinsky and Walker co-authored an essay in which they wrote in part, Today, too many so-called remedies such as critical race theory, the increasingly fashionable post-Marxist, post-modernist approach that analyzes society as institutional group power structures. Remember what Kendi said. We're not talking about individuals, we're talking about groups. Rather than on a spiritual or one-to-one human level, are taking us in the wrong direction, he wrote, separating even elementary school children into explicit racial groups and emphasizing differences instead of similarities. This is in 2015. Martin Luther King's right-hand man. They continue, the answer is to go deeper than race, deeper than wealth, deeper than ethnic identity, deeper than gender, they explained. To teach ourselves to comprehend each person, not as a symbol of a group, but as a unique and special human being within a common context of shared humanity. To go to that fundamental place where we're all simply mortal creatures, seeking to create order, beauty, family, and connection to the world on its own, seems to bend too often towards randomness and entropy. Now, Kalinsky adds that Dr. Water, uh, Walker was for a fundamental respect for all people, without regard to their ethnic group or religion or color of their skin. Dr. Walker's civil rights views tie back to religious values, to humanism, to rationalism, to the Enlightenment. The roots of critical race theory are planted in entirely different intellectual soil. It begins with blocks, that is, each person assigned to an identity or economic block, as in Marxism. Human-to-human interactions are replaced with block-to-block or group-to-group interactions. How can we ever find peace among the races and religions if we won't look at each other person by person, based on actual facts and actual intentions? Indeed, critical race theory, as I point out, is pseudo-scholarship, hatched at first by a small cabal of Marxist professors led by Derek Bell at Harvard Law, based on victimization, emotional appeals, balkanization, and separatism. By now it should be clear that it is a Marxist-based ideology laced throughout with raw bigotry, antagonism, and hate. And what you'll also learn, and I've talked about this before from the book, they truly are Marxist because the true believers in this movement reject Martin Luther King's I have a dream speech. Reject a colorblind society. Reject looking at each human individual and the content of their character. It is group versus group. The Marxists came up with this idea, applied it to race in the United States. It's not about redlining. It's about destroying the country. And that's why Kendi said, that's why you need to read this and follow this. We're not talking about individuals here. We're not talking about... It's flexible. It's, it's more amorphous than that. Of course. It's like jello. 
You may not individually be a racist, but you're part of a racist group, a racist dominant society, a white dominant society. So as the gentleman says, so we had all these red line things going on, all this other stuff going on. So there was no way. So you wrote these laws to benefit you. But we also destroyed these laws to benefit everybody. That's what nations do. That's what civil societies do. It's an amazing thing. There is no heaven on earth. You can go to countries that are majority black, go to countries that are majority white, you can go to countries that are majority whatever they are, and guess what? You're going to find injustice. You're going to find injustice throughout the African continent. You're going to find injustice throughout European countries. You're going to find injustice in the Far East, like in China. You're going to find all kinds of injustice. But you know what? And I would make this argument forever. In America... Whatever your race is, there's less injustice than anywhere else. And that includes minorities. It includes everybody. And you know how I know that? Because there aren't millions of people trying to escape America from Mexico. Or for other parts of Central and South America. Or willing to risk their lives on rafts to go to other parts of the world. It's not happening. You don't see great mobility from Americans, particularly minority Americans, that's what we're talking about here, leaving America. And yet, if Kendi and the others are right, why wouldn't they? It's a hopeless situation, according to them, unless we overthrow the government. That is, overthrow the society. Martin Luther King never believed in that. Ever. Even the great Abraham Lincoln, he didn't believe in that either. Frederick Douglass didn't believe in that. But critical race theory does, because it's Marxist. It's Marxist. You can point out a nation's imperfections, and I will point out the greatness of America. Individual human, individual human beings are imperfect. Black, White, red, yellow, interracial, absolutely imperfect. So their institutions are imperfect. That's the nature of humanity. There is no perfect human being. There is no perfect institution. There is no perfect country. But some countries are more perfect than others. And this happens to be one of them. It is a great, great country where people can call me or go on the street and just brutalize their fellow citizens, brutalize their country, even advocate for its overthrow. In most other countries, they would disappear. You'd never hear from them again. In America, they're celebrated. Some of them are multimillionaires, some of them are billionaires. Now, we live in this country, so we know lies when we hear them. We know lies when we hear them. And we're hearing lies left and right. And this will continue as we continue to expose this movement and the other movements that have spawned off of Marxism. And we're not going to call it liberalism. We're not going to call it progressivism. We're going to call it what it is. The founders of critical race theory were Marxists, as you will see. The founders of Latcrit 
believe in the destruction of the United States. You know what they call people who were born in the United States, particularly white people? You know what they call you? You're a United Statesman. United Statesism. These colleges and universities, boy, boy, they really produce knuckleheads that come up with these phrases and words. They just make them up and throw them out. Hey, that's very convincing. You see, we're re-imaging the immigration laws, so now we have chaos. We're re-imaging the laws of economics, so now we have inflation. We're re-imaging energy, so now we have massive increases in the gasoline prices. We're re-imaging the police. And now we have slaughter of the kind we haven't seen in God knows how long. There's something wrong here, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. So we've been re-imaging the, the immigration laws, and now we have a disaster. We've been re-imaging the laws of economics with massive splendid. Now we have inflation. Re-imaging energy, now we have massive increases of gasoline prices. We've been re-imaging female sports, destroying female sports. Re-imaging the Constitution to destroy the courts, the Senate, and our voting systems. Re-imaging taxes to destroy success, opportunity, and economic growth. Of course, we've re-imaged law enforcement, and what do we get? Massive increase in murder, carjacking, assault, and rape. And this should be the red line. Because a society that cannot protect its citizens, a society that has no respect for individual human beings, is a very dark society. And the Democrat Party, I hate to say, the mayors, the city councils that undermine cops... Even in the White House, they have blood on their hands. That's right, I said it. So many of these deaths could have been prevented with proper policing. The Democrats like to talk about their massive welfare programs that they care about people. Joe Biden says, I'm sending you a check. In his creepy, sleazy, I'm sending you a check. Sending you money. Money. If Joe Biden really gave a damn about individual human beings, particularly in the inner cities, he'd have a real plan to fight crime. He has no plan to fight crime. 
None. Even with the open borders, MS-13 coming across, other criminals coming across. Where does he think illegal weapons come from? They're being shipped into the United States with the illegal drugs. What's Joe Biden doing about it? Nothing. Hello. Joe is doing nothing. Nothing about it. Joe, can you hear me? Nothing. That's what's going on. So they can talk about all the wonderful money they want to give, all the wonderful redistribution of wealth, about the welfare state from birth to death. The problem is, for many people, death comes too soon. And the Democrat Party is not prepared to defend the citizenry. It's not even prepared to defend people who vote overwhelmingly for the Democrat Party. It's shocking. It's appalling. We have no respect for life anymore. Abortion on demand. Science tells us it's a baby. It doesn't matter. No respect for life anymore. They come up with excuses. Well, look, uh, we have gun control here, but the suburbs, they don't have gun control. No, no, no. They have criminal control. When you let criminals out the back door and you call it bail reform, that kills people. That kills people. And by the way, you're exporting that outside of the uh, city uh, 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 um, boundaries and so forth. A cat didn't get my tongue, Mr. Producer. I got my tongue. But you folks understand what I mean. Donald Trump ran on law and order. Nancy Pelosi called our federal law enforcement stormtroopers. So did James Clyburn. Joe Biden was sitting on his thumb the whole time. Barely could criticize what was taking place in the streets. Where's Black Lives Matter? Are they helping protect people in the cities? No, they're nowhere. One of its founders, multimillionaire, book deal, movie deal. Wow, that capitalism really sucks. Critical race theory, everybody? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. It's a, it's a damn sin what's going on. It's a shame. And you have these police chiefs, many of them minorities, many of them black, begging the mayors and the city council to stop. You've had them resign. You've had them fired. From Seattle to Detroit to elsewhere. The Democrat Party is killing people. They don't mean to kill people. But their policies are killing people. Media matters. That should be your headline. That should be your main lead story. You dumb bastards. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we salute our heroes, and I'll see you on Hannity in 30 minutes. God bless. <laughs> 